Hi everyone and welcome to Jola Speaks. Jola Speaks is intended to grow and equip us in our trust work with God. We all go through testings because we all go through seasons. No condemnation in Christ. God just loves us so much. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Jola Speaks. Thank God for today. It is indeed a day the Lord has made and we rejoice and be glad in it. And I pray that the Holy Spirit gives us direction today on what He wants us to do for Him today so we can serve as we are back to in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to be discussing or continuing the, our lessons learned from the life of David. And we're going to be discussing David's heart of submission in a different dimension. I think I may title this the testing or another test. And so I'm going to be reading from 1 Samuel 24, 1 to 7. And in our usual fashion, we will discuss afterwards. I would encourage you to join me in reading your Bible as you listen to this um, message. So let me quickly read. This is verses 1. And I read the NIV version, now, by the way. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of Engadi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men, 3,000 guys, 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. Verses 3. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemies into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed, cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterwards, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of God. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. And I stopped there. I found this very interesting. I found this a very big test, honestly. A very significant test that David needed to pass. Now, I find this very profound and this also again reiterates my understanding of David's submission to God. And when God said, he has a heart after my own heart. It's a statement that is, it seems like a few words, but it's definitely loaded, you know, with obedience, with total, uttermost submission to God's will. Let's look at, look at the verses, right? Saul that there was chasing David for so long. The reason why David was in the bush in the first place was because Saul was chasing him. So Saul was David's enemy. Literally, he was the one that was making David like very miserable. David was living inside a cave, inside the bushes, inside forests because of a one man called Saul because he was focused on killing him. Here we are where David is presented with an opportunity to end the pain to end the struggle, to end the frustration, to end whatever it is 
that was going on that was significant to him, which was Saul. And it's another opportunity for him to become king. Because once he killed Saul, he was going to become king. He had so many reasons. Like, if you look at it with one's logical mind, it makes sense for him to have killed Saul. Think about it. It's like, like this verse said, God has given you the man that was run after you in your hands for you to do as you wish. What, what his men said. But actually, it looked like that. Very understanding hmm, and having your heart after God's own still says no. Even though everything makes it seemingly look like actually, I am justified to kill Saul. I am justified to do this. It makes sense. Nobody will question my, my reason for doing that because I've gone through a lot. Even through after all these things, David still asked himself, what will my Lord do? Will my Lord kill him? Will my Lord kill an anointed person? It's not even about God killing or killing him. It's about how can he use his hand to touch God's anointed? Even when he could have easily done it. And I will say this is that this was probably not the first opportunity for David to kill um, Saul. Because it's my time whereby he's playing the lie for Saul and Saul just gets evil spirit and throws his spear. Remember, David killed Goliath through wisdom and, you know, using stones. He could have, you know, done different things to be kill, kill Saul with ease, the way he killed Goliath. Goliath was how many times bigger than Saul. So he could clearly kill Saul with ease. But because he knew that he cannot touch God's anointed, because he was obedient and submitted to God's will, he dropped his power. He, the opportunity that, that he think was an opportunity, he knew that it was a test from God. That's, you know what? I've made everything beautiful. I've made everything right. Like, this is your one chance to end this season. This is your one chance to turn everything around. This is your one chance. And it looked like that because, again, for it to be testing, it must be so juicy that it's hard. It takes God to say no. Well, this was a perfect test. He brought Saul to David and said, yeah, let's see. Would you kill him or would you obey me? That was it. You know, I was listening to a message some weeks ago, I think it was by Pastor Pojo Yumadi, and he said something, he said, you are either right or successful. And I understand that statement. Because if you want to say, is David right? David is 150 million times right to kill Saul because after all he went through, it's not a case whereby the guy was really annoying him. The guy was red, he was sent out to kill him. That was what he was set out to do. Despite the fact that God placed Saul in front of him, he still refused to touch God's anointing because he was so submitted to God's will and purpose. No matter what it will cost him, may God give us the heart of submission. And I say that not only did he not kill Saul, he made sure his men did not kill him or touch him. Who does that? Except a man that is completely submitted to God's will. Who does that? One guy said, actually, you know what? I didn't touch him or I did not kill him more. Well, the men just said to kill him because keep in mind that the men too were running from Saul because Saul too was also, you know, chasing them because they would be David. So anybody that was on David's side was also life-threatened because Saul was also after them as well. You remember that he killed and leveled the whole of Nob? 
because Amalek helps David. So everybody around David too is a target. So those men were like, well, if you want to kill him, you can kill him. Because again, once I do that, my problems are solved. And David stopped his men from killing him. So I have to say, ah, well, you not kill Solo. I won't talk because I anointed. And then say, I put your hands up. But actually, he not only did that, he ensured that his men not came because he also did not want to have that on his neck. You see, he says that his conscience picked him. God, like, don't touch this guy. You know, even in that sense, God, God help that, my friend, don't touch him. That's so because everyone is wondering, what's wrong with this man? We are running from this sword. He wants to kill us. Now you can kill him. You say you don't want to kill him. I don't understand these kind of things. Makes sense. But you see, David still ensured he didn't touch so. When I was thinking about this message, something came up to me in my heart and it was like this. A lot of times, we can use God's word to justify our actions because I think about it myself. I'm like, well, if it was me, I may think, well, God has made my enemy my footstool, you know? And like the, the men said, well, God has delivered my enemy to, into my hands or in our hands. And there are a number of verses that if you want to do it, you can actually use and say, you know what? Better this is what this verse says. It makes sense for me to do uh, what, you know, my intention to solve. So it's like we're using the word of God to justify our actions. Not the word of God that God gives us. Any word of God. Because we say, oh, but it's the Bible. But actually, is that the word God has said for me and you in that particular situation? If you want to justify action, there are so many ways. Just open your Bible and start looking. For, if I just Google verses on X, Y, Z, it will come up. But me and you know, you know in your heart, I know in my heart that this is not what God's intention for that. So you have to submit to God's will. This is not another level of submission in this testing because David aced this test. Huh. I'm like, wow. And I said before, the test will not be a test if it is not very bad temptation very tough temptation right it reminds me of when the devil took jesus to show him all the kingdoms of the world and said if you bow down and watch him i'll give this to you it was a very sin matter because they would have gotten the kingdom if he killed Saul immediately the way the devil presented it to jesus was as if i'll give you the whole of the kingdoms of the world if you just bow down and worship me how are we responding to temptation? And Jesus could have said, oh, actually, you know what? I came to save the world. Give me the old kingdoms. But he knew that he's from the devil. So whatever it is, it cannot be good. It's important for it to be good. But I thank God that Jesus did not succumb because how will we even be saved? Today, David really and truly impressed me with this testing and made me ask myself a question of Jola. God help us to have a heart of submission to ace testings. We need the heart of submission to ace testing. It is very important. Without the heart of submission, without love, we can't ace testings. It's only God that can help us in testings. And I pray God gives us the heart to submit to his will, to think and say, God, what do I do in this situation? Like for example, let's say, You've been trying to get a job for a very, very long time. Like it's such a long and you are tired, you are frustrated, and then one role just comes up. But me and you know that that role, eh, it doesn't really align to God's heart for us. We know, once we see it, we know, but we are so desperate 
we are so tired. We're like David, we're like, ah, oh man, I'm tired. You know, running from different bush and a different bush like David, from different forests and forest to go and hide inside a cave. I'm not eating well. I'm have men that are with me that are constantly on guard because of their lives. Let me just end it. It's okay. I wait for God's will, but let me just hold on to this for now. That is a test. And whoever you are that's hearing this message that this is for, that is a test. Seek God to confirm if you are not sure. But if you're not sure and we're battling our spirit and our, our mind is telling us that this makes sense. It may not be what God has suffered, but he's close to it. It's almost that it is almost it. But it cannot be it if it's almost it. It's either it or not it. I pray God gives us the heart to obey God because when God's times come, we will be thanking God that thank you, Lord, that we did not give away the process for a muscle of, of meat. We did not give away the opportunity that God has prepared for us and his purpose for our life because of a muscle of meat. God help us. I pray right now. Father, help us in the testing. Hey, God, please that we have the heart to submit to you, the heart of love, such that when it says come, all that will pour out of us is your will. All that will pour out of us, it is love. It is how you want us to respond while we ace the test. In your mercy, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to me today. God bless you and I love you. Bye.